service radio. Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. All right. Hey, friends. Welcome to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Matthew Ramsey, Pornburger chef, author, and Illegal Mezcal ambassador. I'm Eddie Kim, D.C. barman about town and overall kind of grumpy guy. (laughs) Yours is so much cooler than mine. Uh, Well, everyone has a name for me, so um, (laughs) Sad Panda, Grumpy Cat... Um, every week, we are actually uh, we share a drink and swap war stories from behind the line with chefs, bartenders, bakers, and brewers. Um, actually, today it's journalists and anyone who touches this all-encompassing industry. Today, we are joined by two friends from a very different side of the industry, food writers. Uh, we have the editor of the Washington City paper, Laura Hayes, with us. Hello. What's up? And we have the food editor of the Washington of the Washingtonian magazine, Jessica Sidman. Hi, thanks for having me. See you guys. Oh, <laughs> applause. <laughs> wow, what a welcome. We don't do we don't do that just for everybody, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. <laughs> um, so this is called Shift Drink. What are we uh, what are we drinking here? I requested a highball, um, which is being Wait, properly. what? Did we request the same drink? <laughs> yes. And I didn't even know that? This yep. is why you're both here together. What? Okay, we... <laughs> so, yes. So, Laura and I are good friends, okay? Everyone should know this. this. Disclaimer. So, it's almost not funny at all that we picked the same drink. <laughs> we may have spent Saturday night uh, drinking our way through about... Ten different Japanese whiskeys. I, I heard about this party. <laughs> Alas, I, I was I was unable to go, but yeah, yeah, you guys kind of drank through a bunch of Japanese whiskeys. Sticks with you. Just, yeah, uh, needed, <laughs> needed some more on Monday. Where did this collection come from? Um, Brian O, who you guys probably know, he travels frequently um, to Tokyo and has picked up some of the last remaining bottles that are for sale um, and some rare finds as well. So we had a, a good time um, giving those a try. And were there were there some standouts? He had this one this the like one of the last bottles that Hanyu produced before it was like bought by the grandson and the name changed. So that was cool because you'll never yeah. ever get to try that again. Um, Hanyu is a is a kind of a mothball distillery in Japan that a lot of the barrels were just they were put aside and then forgotten and then now they're rediscovered and holy shit they're actually really delicious. They're rebottled. They're some of the most Delicious but rare whiskeys that you'll find. They're, they're more expensive than any of like the bourbons that you find here in America. Got it. Yeah, Brian was giving one of my friends shit because he like poured himself like an entire Glencairn glass. <laughs> oh god. Uh, he's like, oh, big pour there, buddy. So that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but right now we're actually drinking Akashi, um, which is a smaller independent distillery in Japan, the Ikashima uh, Distillery. So um, and we're drinking them in highball format. So yeah, walk us through the uh, the Japanese highball. Um, I could make a very strong argument that this might, this should be the J- national drink of Japan because it's absolutely delicious. It pairs up with their food perfectly. Um, the way they approach their whiskey making, even though it's based off a of scotch, it, they've totally taken, um, embraced it, made it their own, included their own ingredients. It's perfectly balanced. And so um, it's not like the typical whiskey soda that you have here in America, which is like a splash of soda from a soda gun. Uh, the proper 
whiskey highball is usually about one part whiskey and four parts really high qu- really high quality soda water. Hmm. So I, oh, oh, go ahead. Hmm? Well, so Laura and I were actually in Japan at the same time um, earlier this fall, and that's where I really got introduced to the whiskey highball. And my husband has become totally obsessed with it. Um, he was even trying to get one of those like Centauri draft machines oh installed God, yes. in our new house. And I was like, we don't even have a couch yet. You cannot have a Centauri draft machine. Honestly, um, I don't know. I might actually opt for the uh, the draft machine. The couch. That's pretty cool. But so he, he's been trying to perfect it. And, uh, you know, the chilled glass and the, the beautiful ice and... You know the perfectly fizzed soda, right so it, it'll it, never it's, happen. It, it'll it never sounds simple, but it is actually very tricky. He will be the Jiro yeah. of the yeah. American Jiro yeah. of, of making wabi sabi in the art of uh, the highball. I did something really naughty. I found. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I found. Other than wait, 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 wait. Other Jack, than your Jack, do we have a confession <laughs> sound effect? Ooh, let's see. Um, it's not that good. Go for it. Um, I'll see what the what, what this calls for. It's yeah, it's not that good. But I found a place in DC, uh, which probably a lot of you can guess, uh, where they actually sell whole yuzu fruit. Which I don't know if you know this, but it's actually illegal to have the entire fruit. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that was the perfect so sound naughty. effect. <laughs> so I've been like zesting those uh, clandestine fruits over my highballs for a little. Wait, they're they're illegal. You can have the juice, like okay. you can pour the juice like in a like in a bottle, but you can't have the actual fruit with seeds in it. Huh. Um, but oh, this is an agriculture. Yeah. Huh. Um, okay, I think I know what you're talking. I think I know the spot. Yeah, but uh, I want to make sure my user supplier doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's just leave it so. at that. <laughs> There's a lot of white knuckled chefs right now around town saying, "Don't say it. Don't say it." <laughs> um. Right on. Well, we like to start uh, our show off with uh, two truths and one lie. Two truths, one lie. Oh my god, we are so grown up now. You have a sound effect for everything. We do. We do. We have one for Yuzu. Um, so this is basically kind of just a quick intro for our listeners, for us, and we, uh, you're going to see if we can lie to Eddie and myself. Uh, Jessica, why don't you, uh, why don't you lie to us first? I may or may not have written mine down on a piece of paper. Someone's been doing their homework. All right. Okay. Okay. And you said I can curse, right? That's okay. Ah, Okay. Okay. So number one, um, I got... Fired from an ice cream shop job in high school because I wrote fuck on an ice cream cake. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> it seems like a real one. Um, two. My favorite cheese is American cheese. Mm. I feel like that's a twist. Okay. I know I had to be I, I wasn't sure if Laura was going to participate so I'm not even sure if she would be able to guess these or not I'm looking at okay. Laura's face right now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> alright um, three I have had two uh, run-ins with foods that I didn't realize were poisonous in the past couple of years it resulting in almost near death experiences All right, I'm going to huddle real quick with Eddie Kim <laughs> 
Okay, we concur. It's the American cheese. That that one's the false one. That's the false That's one. That's wrong. What? Where's the wrong sound effect? <laughs> oh, yeah. you're a true patriot. I'm very disappointed in uh, you. Wow. Okay. Do you want a second yeah. guess? Do you eat it on apple pie? What's that? Do you eat it on an apple pie? American um, cheese on an apple you know, pie. I don't really like yeah. apple pie, but I love American cheese. I love fake cheese like uh, Velveeta and queso. That's like that's probably your, my favorite food. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know. What uh, what was what was lie. the lie? The lie was the ice cream. Oh cake. wow! Out of the gate, lying to us. <laughs> I was in a, I did work in an ice cream shop in high school, but I was an exemplary employee. I would never write that f word on a cake. Yeah. <laughs> hey, true. fun fun fact, everybody. Jessica Sidman actually got her start in food writing with an ice cream blog. What was it called again? Frozen Fix. It's still up. No Frozenfix.com. Dot blogspot.com. It's yeah. No. <laughs> it, it is actually blogspot. blogspot. That's your origin story. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, Laura, how did you get your start? Um, I started piece. that blog, that best thing on the menu blog, back yeah. in 2012, which was fun. And then I used that to get my Thrillist job, and then it rolled on from there. Um, yeah, and then I went in-house um, at City Paper in July 2016. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I met you back in your Thrillist days. That's when that was our first... Uh, yeah, and Jessica and I had a really interesting dinner at your house. That was probably the last time we, we were all <laughs> no. in the same yes. room together. Was uh, during the I had a bar yeah. R uh, pop up was my my uh, my burger meal. And that was the first time I I was working with oh, you. Also, all, all four wow. of us this were like, there. Actually, this I was about a this. kind of a lot of, a lot of things happened that night. A lot of <laughs> things happened that night. Hazy. My husband almost proposed that night. He really did. He, but everyone thought he was going to. Right. He, he may have like jumped up on a couch and made a proclamation he i, I remember <laughs> the line he waxed yeah. he waxed poetic about your eyebrows i was yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. man this is it no yeah. he did not he did yeah. yes he did what and a single tear came down <laughs> that is also a lie and then and these then are he, the two this is two <laughs> lies where's the truth yeah, all, right. all right yeah let's get back to laura here uh lie to us. okay sure you got it okay um all right one um i had a pet hedgehog in college and its name was javier Number two, I have never eaten at a McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, or Wendy's. Bold. Number three, there was Secret Service present at my wedding. Well, your husband's in the Navy, so that makes sense. I feel like you've never owned anything more than a Corgi. You guys, I fucked up. Those are all true. (laughs) (laughs) I think we are reliving that night, actually. Wow. I need to get more sleep. Um, so those are all three true things about me. Hashtag humble brag. Not really. Um, yeah. I, I feel like we need to talk about how you've never had fast food. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was a competitive, super competitive gymnast growing up, so it didn't happen for me then. Um, and I don't know. It was like I just kind of kept the streak going. And you call yourself a food writer. I know. Jessica wants me to write about my first experience having McDonald's. But... Oh, can I be there? Yeah. yeah. You should just have a, a party at McDonald's. We'll all go. Next year's birthday party. Be there. 14th and you. Now, is that a, do you think that's a kind of like a rite of passage for both chefs and food writers to at least, you know, kind of you know, ha- ha- eat? Eat a... Um, Junk food on a regular basis. Like, know what Eat a Big Mac. probably what 90% know. of the population eats. I've had Shake Shack. That was enjoyable. But, oh, like, if man. I were to eat a fast food, like, Whopper or, like, a fast food hamburger, which one should I eat? I mean, McDonald's. 
Yeah, Big Mac. The, the Big Mac. Absolutely. Okay. I had okay. one last like night. Like the original. None of that, like, flame broiled yeah. <laughs> business at Burger King? Are we talking about quality or for just for, like... Quality. Like, if I'm going to, na- I'm going to, like, you know, dip my toe, which one should I go all in a <laughs> Big for? Mac. Okay. Yeah, we're, talking, right. we're talking sauce. We're talking... <laughs> You'll get the meat sweats. Chopped lettuce. You'll get, I mean, everything yeah. is a ripoff of the Big Mac. That's yeah. true. It's iconic. That was my first love. Okay. <laughs> my, I was five years old. My grandma took me to, Big, to McDonald's. I ordered a Big Mac and I ate the whole thing. Oh man, now you're the burger god. Now it's the burger guy. And I have well, now it's the White Castle it's... burgers. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of think for the first time though, maybe she should have to like order off the dollar menu, you know? Or like the the, the Happy Meal. Or a Happy. Actually, that's start the right with, answer. Oh, start yeah. where everybody yeah, else yeah, started yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I can get down with that. Hey, speaking of meat sweats, have you seen the new like actual like meat like patterned sweatsuits? That, no. Yeah, there's like actual meat sweatsuits now because of that like phrase has become so popular. That's amazing. So it just looks like you're dressed in bacon or something. Like raw, yeah, raw beef, like sirloin steaks, like, like what's What's the top seller and what's like the one that's not doing so well? Is it like spam? Is spam? <laughs> I mean, I've seen the suits. pizza ones. Yeah. yeah. Pizza pajamas. Yeah, so think of that, but like raw beef. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I messed up your game. I'm going to take a drink. No, you enhanced it. Now we know so much more about you. Uh, so let's dig a little bit deeper here. Jessica, the uh, the Washingtonian 100 Best Restaurants just came out. It did. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, for anybody that's ever really tried to say or name their favorite burger in the sound, these things can be like pretty contentious uh, or subjective. What can you tell us about the behind the scenes on putting a list like this together? Well, we it's a very long project. Um, I feel like it's at least half the year. Yeah, when you get started. I mean, we start, you know, end of the summer, okay. really. Um, and we have a, just a massive list of, you know, more than 300 restaurants. We divide it up and conquer. Um, you know, near the end, you're eating out like six or seven <laughs> nights a week, which I know you're not supposed to complain about that, but it, it gets to be tough sure. on your body. Um, and, you know, I think people want some like really, you know, scientific explanation of, you know, how we come up with it. And um, honestly, it really boils down to, you know, these are the places that we want to spend our own money, that we want to celebrate our birthday, that we refer friends and family to, um, that, you know, we keep thinking about that we enjoy. Um, so, you know, yes, it is highly subjective, you know, like by nature it is. Are there, are you guys still friends by the end of this list or is it? Yeah, actually, I it's kind of, I mean, it gets pretty heated and it's a long process, just the, the ranking part, which is crazy to rank like the top hundred restaurants, right? Like how do you compare a mini bar to like a pizza joint right. to like a great tie hole. Are you, in the are you wall. allowed to talk about the criteria at all? Or I mean, like I said, it's not it's not scientific. It's not like okay, we we've rated um, ambiance on a scale of one to ten and food on a scale of one to ten. It really is more of you know just like a gut feeling and um, you know the places that we want to go and that we want to send people to. So, um, I mean, would you say the Washingtonian has a different aesthetic for how they rank restaurants compared to the Washington City Paper or the New York Times or the Washington Post? Do you kind of 
cater to a different audience? I, you know, we don't necessarily think about like what are other people gonna think of this and I can't speak to other people's criteria um, you know and we all have slightly different tastes although I think um, the three of us myself and Lippert who's our lead critic and Anna Spiegel and also Cynthia Hassinley who also helps with the 100 best we all have you know our own favorites and we duke it out and um, you know no one's ever you know we kind of come together with a consensus and um, that's, I don't know, that's how it works. Right on. Uh, let's take a, just a momentary break here. Okay. Uh, we're going to cruise out. We'll, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back in. We're going to talk with Laura about anonymity. Anonymity? Oh man, it's a hard word for me. Oh. Original music here on the break by Keto, young producer, K I E D O, on SoundCloud. You're listening to Shift Drink, and we will be right back. Listening to Shift Drink here with uh, Eddie Kim and Matthew Ramsey. Um, we're here with Laura Hayes and Jessica Sinem, both uh, noted food writers in the district. Uh, we were just food writers ta- and editors and editors. Yes, uh, we were just talking about what it was like to put together an entire list of a hundred re- best restaurants. Yeah. Well, and so, so real quick though, what do you think of the list? What What's your any big for you guys what's what is the big surprise or what what were you so i only read the top 25 okay right only the top 25 is online so, yeah so yeah, i yeah. don't know what any i think it's gut always, feelings i think it's always fun to see i was really excited to see comey back in the ranks i love comey always great yeah, always i love comey um you know, I have, I have my own biases because I work at Pineapple and Pearls, but... Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, shit. <laughs> but honestly, I know I, I can't speak for the restaurant or the restaurant group, but like I know we were stoked to be mentioned. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just fun to see because things change and chefs change. And um, I felt like in a little Washington for being a three-star was low on the list. And I don't... I don't yeah. That was curious. <laughs> um, I've always noticed from, and not just this list, from, from previous lists, that restaurants that represent non-Western foods do tend to be clumped together. And not necessarily at the top, but kind of in the middle, which is like, great. I mean, they're, they're slowly inching up and, and the food is getting a lot of recognition. I mean, I think of Bad Saint, that, that that's kind of Filipino food is kind of hot on the scene, but I think it's a legitimate 
you know, you can have a whole restaurant and be really, really highly ranked. Um, but sometimes you kind of see them kind of clump together, and it almost kind of make, makes you scratch your head and think, well, maybe they're... Well, they're very high on our list. They are very yeah. high. So Himitsu yeah. was number four. I was super stoked yeah, to see four. that. I love those guys. And, yeah. and um, Izakaya Seki. Izakaya Seki yeah. was 16, and Bad Saint Bad was Saint in the top 10. No, no, Bad Saint was top 10. Sushitara was seven. Was it not in the Five. top ten? No. <laughs> okay, <I> shoot. <laughs> Maybe I got to go back and. Look I imagine up. all the restaurants. Maybe I'm thinking blend of, together after a while. Yeah, they they do. <laughs> this is a, this is. It like, was in the top twenty-five. Two truths, we one lie, agree. part two. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, that's just leading on to the idea of, well, Laura, y- your two faces are pretty well known in the city. You guys I are think at this point. Everywhere. We know that there's there are these kind of cheat sheets that restaurants have that have your faces printed out on them, yours, uh, Tom Seasima from the Washington Post. Um, who else who else am I missing? A, and a number of other other Spiegel, f- f- food yeah. writers, right. How do you get around that? Or not necessarily get around it, but do you just have you kind of just accepted it? And now Um yeah, I don't really have to worry about it too much because um, I am not a critic. Um, I guess you could say sometimes I criticize by omission. Like maybe I won't write a story about um, someone if I don't like what they're doing. But I never have to write reviews or rank restaurants or do anything like that. So um, I don't go through all the hoops to kind of um, make sure that I'm anonymous. And I also, um, you know, I'm, I'm just basically a reporter. Like I, I cover crime the way a crime reporter would cover crime. And I prefer to do my interviews in person. Um, so that's why most people know what I look like. I just right. get better results that way. Um, the whole idea, though, does... I understand its value. I understand that... Um, for example, I wrote this story earlier this... I'm sorry, at the end of last year about Fiola Mare and how they pay um, people working in the uh, front of the house, bartenders, servers, etc., mm-hmm. um, a whopping 500 fucking dollars if they spot a critic or another, another notable VIP, such as an investor or someone from the Hill. Right. Um, and that is upsetting because um, I've also heard that um, a restaurant will say a manager will be in charge of saying you can have um, four free things that can go out to guests tonight. There's like a limit and you know, you have to come and check with the manager and say, I'd like to use a free thing on this person. Um, It's their anniversary. I want all of those like free things going to people who are celebrating birthdays, who are uh, celebrating anniversaries, who are actually regular customers who you know, aren't these checklist diners just bouncing around the city? Um, so it, it frustrates me when um, people like myself are, are recognized and kind of given special treatment because, you know, I, I just, <laughs> I would rather that the attention be paid on, on other people. Does that make sense? No, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I mean, on, one, on one side, you're, I mean, you get to go to these places and you get to experience like the best they can offer, but uh, sometimes I imagine also you just want to experience it for what it is. Yep. Yeah. Does, that, does that make you want to give an, maybe not a, a huge edge but a small edge to some restaurants that actually don't care yeah. if you're a special person I think of restaurants that don't take reservations for instance they exactly. make everyone wait in line even if you're the owner's parents exactly they'll yeah. make you wait in line <laughs> I've heard that about Aaron Silverman yeah um, and his parents were the nicest parents one could possibly have so. Aaron Silverman of Rose Luxury yeah yeah um, yeah, I know it's an interesting debate, and um, actually this morning I think I read an article that the Tampa Bay Journal critic just decided after being an anonymous critic since 1991 that she decided to show her face, and she wrote a whole 
long story. I was reading it on the uh, left ah. right here. <laughs> so, um, so I was starting to reading her explanation, but it's just um, with social media these days and with all these like clandestine efforts going on behind the scenes, um, it's, I think it's difficult. Yeah. And it, I mean, I guess it kind of comes down to is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Like, I feel like pretty much most restaurants in this day and age know what Tsitsuma looks like or know your, your anonymous, you know, food critics. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, you, you chose, you kind of made the decision not to be anonymous. Yeah, when I was at, I mean, I didn't really have a choice, but when I was at City Paper, um, you know, I like to tell the story of my first day, they asked me if I would like to keep the secret phone line. And I was like, there's a secret phone line? What, what? is that? Was it, a, um, was it a duck phone? I, I don't know. I never even saw it. But it was just like, it was just so the critic could call for restaurant reservations and the caller ID wouldn't come back as Washington city paper or my own name. Um, but at that point, you know, like Laura, I was really more of a reporter and I knew people and I'd met them in person. They knew what I looked like. Um, so I wasn't going to put on some charade. And I, I really do believe that this idea of critic anonymity will be totally dead in a generation. Yeah. Because social media and everyone's taking photos all the time. I mean, I, I just don't know how you'd be able to keep your photo off the internet. Well, we, I mean, we also live in a world of the internet and things like Yelp. and Right. I mean, people, you know, parents, they post pictures from the time you're a baby. You don't even have a choice. Your whole <laughs> life is going to be online. So, no, uh, There's yeah. a very good line in the documentary City of Gold about Jonathan Gold, um, who was the... Uh, the, probably the most prominent food critic in LA, where they ask, is, is there a, still a place for food criticism and, and food writing in, in, in this day and age? Um, what do you, I mean, do you, oh, what do you think? What, because of Yelp or something? Well, is that... those, Yelp, but then the idea is like whether we want to kind of be more positive about things rather than necessarily tearing, tearing things down. Oh, I think, I mean, Tom Sietzma has said that, I mean, every once in a while he'll write his like one star review. Um, but like he will go and try places for first bite and, and see that they're just nowhere near ready to be reviewed and he won't review them maybe ever. So I don't think like there's hmm. I don't think critics are critics are seeking out um, poor reviews. I think when a an established chef who has a lot of power and money behind him opens something and it's a flop, like yeah, you should write about that because I mean at the end of the day the role of the critic is that um, and, and my role as a reporter is that there's there's so many people out there that work so hard for their money, especially in the city, and, and they're looking for where to spend their money, um, and they just need someone um, they they trust to kind of just like a friend to tell them what's good and what's not. And um, yeah, I, I just I think there definitely is a role and will continue to be a role. I just it, it might evolve a little bit. Well, that, yeah. oh. okay. No, I was gonna say also I think restaurant criticism has changed a lot over the years where it's less um you know this is salty and my server is a jerk and more uh that context and telling a story and you know it's not just sure what what the food and the drink is like it's well it's more about a comment on a yeah on a trend or a moment in time and something like that well the, the two of you guys eat out a lot you're constantly reviewing you're at events uh i imagine it gets kind of harder and harder to have those aha moments um when was the last time you guys were truly blown away by something gosh i need a minute 
Go well, ahead, Jess. Okay. I'm not trying to suck up to you, Eddie, but I really think <laughs> made on. I, I just loved Thank it. You. I appreciate it. Thank you. And the cocktails were great too. No, but um, we we had the whole chicken there, which is delicious. At Maidan. Yeah. Nice. So you and Michelle Obama is what you're saying. Well, actually, my colleague was there at the same time as Michelle Obama, oh. and I'm so jealous I was not there. But um, yeah, it's just a cool space. You walk in, and it's. You know, you're in this little vestibule, and you're like, what is this? And then you go through the door, and there's this giant room and a big fire in the middle. There's really nothing else like it. I've said it before, but it's definitely my kitchen crush, for sure, just, just to walk in and have that open fire yeah, element. Yeah, so and cool. Amazing cocktails and all that. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate it. No. <laughs> La- last week, we talked about <laughs> celebrities and, and the Obamas, and literally uh, the next day, Michelle walked into Eddie's joint, so it's kind of... Yeah. I'm sure it had everything to do with our podcast. And night, and, you know, just kind of say someone's name, you know, like Beetlejuice, and then maybe they'll show up. Alice Waters. <laughs> Wait, so did you make a drink for her? I was working that night, and <laughs> she did stop by. <laughs> did she order a drink? You said you wanted us to ask questions. Uh, you, can, you can ask questions. <laughs> I think this is... Uh, this, it's, it's, now, Time to answer. Now it's Matthew yeah, and I, I versus the two critics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to duke it out. Where um, I believe the line in your Instagram was, I just made a drink for Michelle Obama. Uh, no, 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 no. That wasn't. <laughs> it was, I just made the most significant martini of my life. Oh, okay. All right, cool. So it was for her date? <laughs> Let's, you guys, let's keep this dirty, Martini. <laughs> I feel like Eddie's giving me a death Oh, I'm, right I'm, I'm turning red now. Thanks for listening to this week's shift drink. That's the end of the show. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. And well, Lori, yeah. you, you've, yeah, had, you've had a second to think. Oh, sure. Um, sorry to like, just beat this drum so hard, but um, at Sushi Taro, they wrote out their winter kaiseki menu that's available right now. I'm sorry, do you like Japanese food? Oh, I'm so boring. <laughs> but hear me out. Um, they, for their kaiseki, which is essentially a tasting menu, they always have, like, one large entree kind of towards the end, and right now it's sukiyaki, which is my favorite food in the entire universe. Um, if you haven't had it, it's kind of this um, amazing sweet soy broth that kind of bubbles on a, on a hot pot, and you dip uh, rare beef in it and, mm. and tofu and um, green onion. And um, at, then you, you dip each piece of meat in raw egg, which works. Um, I'm into it. <laughs> and at the end, you kind of have this like great broth that you pour udon noodles in. Um, wow. So fun fact yeah. about udon noodles. So there was like a hot minute where Washington City Favor almost didn't have a future. Um, <laughs> in 2018, but we fortunately found an um, incredible buyer who's local, and we're really excited to continue. Yeah, I remember reporting. that. It was a very exciting day of um, tweets that came out all of a sudden. Yeah, and it was. Found, um, about, found a buyer. Yeah, it was the same night as our Christmas party. We found out, so we were like bourbon soaked and, and crying and singing. We are the champions. Um, proprietary secrets, whatever. So, <laughs> but there, my backup plan. I wanted to open an udon shop called Tonari, which means neighbor, and I wanted to have like a bar in the back that just served highballs and like chuhai. Um, so, if anybody would be willing to take this idea and run with it, I will be your customer every day. It's funny. It's funny you say that. Looking right at me. Yeah. <laughs> you say that. Hit, hit. So I can almost cut the, the laser beam here with a knife. Not that I can cook or do accounting or I actually have no skills, so it would, wouldn't pan out. But 
you know. That probably won't stop you. But from, you like what you like. <laughs> <laughs> I would also. I'm sure. Regular. I'm sure would get I'm amazing in. reviews. I'm in. <laughs> so that was actually one of our questions was, yeah. if you had if money was not an issue, what is the one restaurant? Not necessarily what DC needs. Or, or, or what's like the new hip thing? What, what is, it what, deserves. What do you want to open? Like your dream restaurant. And so, Laura answered. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica. I know, well, Laura and I had this pact that we were going to try to promote the idea of an udon shop. So that oh, so we would just be like, you know what, DC really needs an udon shop, an udon shop, and then eventually people would hear it so many times they'd be like, oh, maybe we should open an udon shop. Yeah, I've been trying to get Katsuya Fukushima real drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, the the place I really love that I and I don't feel like there's something like it here is um Il Corvo in Seattle. Have you ever been there? No. It's no. a pasta place. It might only be open for lunch actually, and they just do three pastas on the menu. And um one is always the same and the other two change every day. And that's all they have. One of those is Udon. No, there's no udon. I mean, I guess they could do it. But um, I just love the idea of having a menu that's that simple. Super simple, yeah. And, you know, they have a red wine and a white wine. There's not anything else. Perfect. You go in and you have three choices. And people line up down the block because they make it really well and they make it fresh every day and use what's seasonal, blah, blah, blah. That stuff's boring now, but it's nah, but really the, delicious. There's something we and said. It's a, and yeah. it's very affordable. There's something we said for something that's just this or that, and it's they're both done really, really well. Right. I mean, that's essentially that's even, what... Oh, go ahead, Eddie. Sorry. Well, no, no, I mean, that's essentially what Japanese, or I'm not going to say it's like it was taken by Japanese culture, but this is simple eating is very yeah. much what everyone else does um, when it comes to food and drink. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, you took that a next, to a next level when you were in Japan. Tell them about the restaurant you went to that served. Oh, so it was actually run by Australians, this place in Tokyo called Out. And they only serve one dish, which is truffle pasta. Ooh. And they oh, serve no. one wine, red, a red wine, and they play one band, which is Led Zeppelin. Oh yes. <laughs> and that's it. That is it. I think maybe they change the truffle seasonally, and maybe they change the wine seasonally. That's amazing. But um, there, yeah, you just go in, and that's what you're getting. And I just love that. Did you have to wait? Was there a line? Uh, no, not not really. When we went, I could have swore you're going to see the blooming onion. <laughs> that's all they have. Because <laughs> here it's like the founding farmer style that's super popular, right? Like yeah. everyone wants their hand-pulled noodles and their burger and their sushi and whatever all on the same menu enter the food hall yeah and the food hall yeah yeah and so i i don't know if american restaurateurs are afraid of that idea to just do something that simple but uh it seems the trend is the opposite direction here well i respect that well, we're starting to run out of time, unfortunately. Yeah, I've yeah. Re- really enjoyed hanging out with you two. But before we go, we have uh, another little uh, thing we call Rapid Fire. Time for the payback. Rapid Fire. Oh, my God. We're so cool now. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> Jack, who does our uh, sound effects? Was... That's uh, Rectech. 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 Thank you. Big brilliant. props to Rectech. Yeah. Yes. SoundCloud.com slash Rectech plug. Big ups. That's it. Um, so this is basically, we're just going to ask some really, uh, quick questions for you and just like whatever's kind of on the tip of your tongue. 
No thinking about it, no deliberating. Uh, no looking at each other? No looking at each other. That's no the most important word. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go first. Yeah. So I was also once a journalist, and I know we drink a lot, even on the job. So what bottle do you have secretly hidden in your desk right now? Mezcal. Ooh, what kind? <sighs> the same green bottle that every restaurant has in town. What's we'll have to work on that. Illegal. Yeah. Oh, that's yours? <laughs> that is Matthew's brand. Wink. Sorry. Uh, so Illegal Mezcal? Yeah. And Jessica? I don't have any hard liquor in my office right now, but, you know, you, usually we, ha- we do have something, some bourbon or something, but it's kind of like whatever maybe somebody sent us and nobody wanted. And you live so, from bottle to bottle. Yeah, so it's not like we have, yeah, we are living bottle to bottle. It's tough. But we, we don't really, you know, we're not very intentional about what we're drinking at the office. It's like, oh, somebody found this in a back corner. Cool. Seems like we can ingest that. Let's do it. We'll dabble. Uh, so I used to work at the, the Chronicle in, in San Francisco. Uh, and there was certain no-no words. What? You what? did? Yeah. Just for, just for a hot <laughs> second. There were certain no-no words. What is your least favorite food descriptor? God. Um, moist. <laughs> Sorry. Moist. Um, maybe just like authentic because like what does that really mean? Sure. Toothsome kind of sucks too. Uh. <laughs> we, yeah, I think we got actually in trouble from one of our copy editors on last year's 100 best list for using the word crispy too much. Interesting. Yeah, there, because everyone wants to use the word crispy, and so we overabuse it. And or so maybe, now I'm very conscious about using the word crispy. Maybe everyone was just secretly frying everything. Yeah, yeah. But when you have, I think a lot of people, when they write menus, they, they like the word crispy over fried. And so it shows up on a lot of sure, menus. Sure, makes sense. And there's not, I mean, you could say crunchy. We, were, we were forbidden from ever know. using the word or anything resembling yummy. Good. Yeah, that's a horrible <laughs> one. That, that's a given. Um, I'm going to steal this question from yeah. Matthew, but what is your best burger in town? You Shake Shack. Lucky Buns. Lucky Buns in Amazon Morgan, just around the corner. Right on. Right. Maybe it'll be McDonald's once you try it. <laughs> Lucky Buns. Yeah, Lucky Buns, <laughs> Chef Alex McCoy. He's yeah. going to be joining us uh, later on this, uh, this season. Yeah. This season. Uh, but he, he also makes one of my favorite burgers. Laura, I'm just going to run around the corner after this. I'm going to buy you a Big Mac, and you're going to have your first bite. <laughs> oh I, my swear, God. I swear that's yeah, going to happen. Maybe that's our photograph. One the, there's yeah. one right on the yeah, corner. It's right the corner in Alice Morgan. <laughs> no. Uh, Sorry, brothers and sisters, but we have to do this. <laughs> which re- which we- uh, restaurant, and this could be anywhere in the world, is at the top of your, uh, your wish list experience? Um, Favagen? Yeah. I keep looking, but it's in Sweden, in the middle of nowhere. That's you get, you get bare, bare skins when you walk in, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Have you been there? No, I had reservations once and then missed it. Uh, yeah. Um, For everyone who wants to see it, I think it's on the one, the first ep- the first season of um, Netflix, correct. Chef's Table. Yeah. So mm. you get a little slight preview of what Laura's talking about. Mm. Oh, wow. I don't know. What is mine? Um What's, um, I've always wanted to go. I'm gonna butcher his name. Grant Cats. Uh, I've I've always wanted to go to his restaurant in um, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe someday. Well, right now it's next, right? Well, it's I ne- mean, maybe someday. I'll oh, go. maybe someday you go. Oh. Okay. <laughs> 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 but it does. That sounds like a restaurant name. <laughs> maybe someday. 
This is a good one. Uh, last junk food you guys bought because you were still hungry after reviewing a DC restaurant. <laughs> Shake Shack. <laughs> Shake Shack's uh, getting a lot of love here today. Shake Shack. Sponsor, sponsored yeah. by. Pizza, like Jumbo Slice type pizza. There's one near my house on, off East Street. I mean, Jump. there's tons near my house off East Street, let's be honest. If everyone's listening and staying at the hotel, you probably should get a slice of Jumbo Slice. Jumbo Slice. It's uh, definitely a DC thing. Uh, it's piece of pie that's about or a slice of pie that's about as big as your face plus uh and it's a, a late night commodity and then walk around the corner and go to ben's chili bowl and get a chili half smoke roll it up a fun fact at, i helped invent that what you technically i did not one of my colleagues john fisher when i worked at city paper he came up with it because there was a thing in philly that was the um South Street taco or something that was a, a, a cheesesteak in a jumbo slice. Oh, so oh. he, he <laughs> so then we he came up with um, the U Street taco and we filmed a video of how how to make it. You, my properly. friend, are a legend. <laughs> Jack, can we get that applause again? <laughs> oh yeah, like applause. Since you two are best friends, or not best friends, but close friends, what, what famous Who's television your best or, friends? This is awkward, Eddie. <laughs> you were my best friend. What? Can you repeat the question? What, what famous uh, television or movie duo would you both kind of think you are? Oh, is there a good food duo? Oh my god, like guy fieri and his red convertible or something oh my god Ooh, yes well, i'll drive you around <laughs> or his goatee either one right <laughs> the goatee and the tips. who's goatee and who's frosted tips yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 okay okay uh let's go deathbed meal what was that deathbed death meal, meal. Death by meal? Deathbed meal. Death Either meal. or. Oh, okay. Death by meal is more fun. <laughs> um, okay, I got mine. So my mine would be, um, so growing up, I have family on the West Coast, and we would dig clams on the beach. Ooh. And uh, my grandpa had a, a deck kind of like overlooking it. So you, you'd eat the clams on the deck, and you'd throw the shells back in the ocean, just like dip them. Very simply, butter and lemon, and that is just the best thing you could ever have. My mom, we're, we're Lithuanian and Ukrainian, and my mom makes these potato sausages where she takes like an actual pork casing and like she puts potatoes and bacon and onion um, that into a food processor and stuffs um, the sausage cases. What are them. these called? I, okay. We just call them potato sauce. Call them mom, mom's, mom's but best. You, you bake them and then they're like real kind of crispy on top and you dip them in sour cream. Okay. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to Baltimore this weekend and I know there's a Lithuanian neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I am definitely going to try to find that. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. <laughs> oh, okay. The last question. This is our, uh, there, our infamous Mary fuck kill question. Fuck. Mary. Kill. So, wow. so infamous. So this is our restaurant ratings list edition. So Mary Fuck Hill, these lists that um, everyone kind of holds very, very dear to their hearts. So the Bon Appetit Top 50, the San Pellegrino 50, or the Michelin rating system? Can we do... 
a Mary kill kill. Is fuck being used in a positive sense? Yeah. It can be like angry or sensual. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the Bon Appetit. I'm going to marry the Bon Appetit. I would kill both the other ones. Is that even, am I allowed to do that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Death, death by fucking, sure. <laughs> yeah. Bon Appetit's the only one in there that I would give, give credence to as well. The rest is just like this two boys clubs that I'm tired They're of. They're so opaque. I think we've yeah. been too obvious. No then. one really okay. knows. Yeah. Are there any others that you kind of popped to mind that we, we were trying to, we we're racking our brains thinking of other ones? Hmm. I pretty much fuck the Washingtonian top 100 because I re- I wait all year for it to arrive and then I read it in the bathtub. So I feel, I feel like if you didn't say that, Jessica was going to say that. So uh, you're welcome for that, Washingtonian <laughs> staff. Thanks, Laura. This is the greatest endorsement I think we've ever gotten. Bubble bath and yep. Yep, yep, yep. I also play a fun game with the 100 best. I usually Uh-oh. sit with another food writer and we rip the middle sheets out that it just has the list of them, 1 to 100. And I'd say a restaurant and they have to guess the number and how many you're off by you have to drink. Um, fun game if you have a copy of the magazine. Nice yeah, I like, I like a the A good sound of reason that. to stop by newsstands. And rip up your <laughs> magazine. Yeah. I don't care what you do with it after you buy it. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, Jessica and Laura. Thanks for having us. It's been a real treat. Thanks, guys. Excited to see what you guys do next. Yeah, me too. What other rainbow trouble you can get into? And thank you, listeners. You're uh, listening to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah.